Here's the story of two dental hygienists from opposite sides of the world who became friends because they realized their professional lives were so in sync. One in Australia and one in America, both exuding their high passion for high-level patient care, both pushing back on legacy dentistry. If you are ready to revolutionize the practice of dental hygiene through science and innovation, join us as we are Disrupting Dentistry. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Disrupting Dentistry podcast. We have a awesome episode for you. We're back to doing interviews with some super duper amazing, incredible dental professionals. So welcome back. Uh, We are so excited for season two really getting kicked off here. So my name is Melissa Obrotka. I am your American dental hygienist host. And it's Tabitha from Australia with my Bogan accent again. That was the Americans must be cringing every time I talk. But um, no, I love it. And then we were bringing another Australian accent in again today, which is really exciting. So we've got Shavea from Western Australia. Hi, everyone. Welcome, Shavea. We were going on and on before we started recording about how amazing her name is. We love it. (laughs) Before we start, though, I just, before we start interviewing, I think we just need to say something and hopefully it'll play. Will it play? What are we going to say? We're going to say happy birthday to Happy birthday. I was sitting here dancing and I'm like, why are we playing music? Thank you, guys. Yeah, happy birthday. You are so sweet. Tabitha literally is the best, best friend because like, I get a text message from her. It's your birthday in Australia. So happy birthday. So she's always <laughs> the first one to wish me happy birthday. And I couldn't ask for a better dental bestie. Thanks, love. So no. And thanks to Melissa for starting her birthday recording a podcast as well. So starting it with work. It's a, she'll start it laughing. So hopefully you'll end it with a smile as well at the end of the day. I'm ending it with some really good uh, Mexican food tonight. So yes. My favorite. Yes. I love Mexican food. I can't wait to come back to America to eat more Mexican food. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's an amazing, we just found this restaurant not that far from our house, like accidentally. And it's incredible. It's like super authentic. And my husband's like, Hey, you want to go to El Azteca for your birthday dinner? I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and margaritas always make life better. <laughs> so you've already digressed and we haven't even started the interview. So we talked about Mexican, everything. So let's get into the interview a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit? So Shavay, we want to come on because not only is she working in dental, but she also works with some hypnotherapy. So we want to talk about the blend of that. But to begin with, let's take it back. You've just graduated mm. high school. Oh, How gosh. You end up in the dental world. What happened? Oh. Um, well, I had a bit of a, a later start to getting into the dental world. Um, you know, I worked lots of random, crazy, crazy jobs and did a fair bit of travel. And, um, and then, yeah, I was working particularly for a hotel and I was working like ridiculous hours and um, and yeah, it happened to be really at a party where I was really whinging to everyone that, you know, I, you know, working all these hours and I need a job that, you know, pays decent. And, and I kind of brought up the idea that maybe I should get into dentistry. And, and yeah, everyone at that party just 
thought it was the biggest joke and, you know, laughed at me. It got me raging. And literally I was on a mission the next day to get a job in dentistry and I did. Um, I was really lucky. I had a wonderful person who trained me as a dental assistant and she was very passionate about her job. And I think the key was that she didn't just train me in, in dentistry. She trained me why we did the things that we did in dentistry. And, and I just, I loved how there was just so many different branches you could go down and, um, yeah, I just found it so interesting. Like if you got bored of something, you could move on into a different industry and, you know, and it's just never ending and the science is always changing and you need to update yourself. I just, I loved it. Um, that practice was a was actually a holistic practice, so it was a little bit left field. Um, and then I then they started the Bachelor of Oral Health in Sydney, and I think I was part of the second year that um, actually started that. Um, and it was a bit of a progress to actually get to do it, um, but in the end, I got in there and. I was one of the older students. Um, everyone else was pretty much straight out of high school, never had a job. So I was kind of the street smart person in the, in the group. Um, but I was petrified academically because I wasn't, I wasn't even, I thought like, what am I doing? I'm gonna get kicked out for sure. I didn't even know how to write an assignment. Um, I was terrible with computers. Um, just thought any moment now I'm gonna be seen as a fraud and kind of thrown out type thing but I was just really lucky I had a lot of young people there who just embraced me and helped me with everything that I needed and they seemed to find that I could help them with some things as well um and yeah it's so once I finally graduated there um I did work in the public system so I worked for a few hospitals um and got to do a few rural placements in some um, country town like out in Kumar, which is um, that was really fun. Um, and then because of my husband's job, we um, have had to move around the country. So I've been up in Darwin after that. Um, Darwin was lovely. Got to work in school clinics, um, in Aboriginal clinics. Uh, you know, got to do rural placements there as well. Um, then I ended up working for Defence. So that was a whole different category as well. Um, and then I moved to Western Australia and started going private practice. And probably this is when um, I started working in a practice that, uh, um, so I had mainly done a lot of therapy my whole entire time and not much hygiene. And then in WA, um, they seemed to not really know what an OHT was. So I just kind of got thrown into the hygiene department. And I worked for a practice that did um, mainly lots of implants, in particular, all on four. I, again, another, another situation where I thought, I'm going to be seen as a fraud. I've, you know, at university, like, they never taught me how to clean an implant. I don't know what I'm doing. And here I am going, here, you've got a whole book of all on four maintenance patients to see. And I'm, like, looking at it going, I don't know what to do with this. We can um, resonate with you. Yeah. We both had a yes. very similar yes. situation. Yeah. Yes. And it, it was actually during that time, I think I had gone to it, and that's where I first met Tabitha. You had done a lecture on um, uh, periodontal maintenance, and that lecture particularly resonated with me because you, 
literally just said like you the same thing that I was feeling you know got out of uni didn't get taught anything felt like a fraud and I was like oh my goodness that's me (laughs) that's me and um and yeah so uh yeah kind of just slowly progressed from there and but the the kind of clientele that we were kind of seeing because these were patients who that they all had a backstory and most of that backstory was that they had avoided their dental treatment for such a long time that their mouth was in a state that their only option was to have a full mouth reconstruction. Um, and that backstory was generally really bad dental fear, phobia, um, or that they just put off their dental treatment for, for many other reasons. And so we, I kind of saw that there was a glitch in the maintenance side of these patients because, um, sure, we were doing the full mouth you know giving them that great mouth but if they still had the dental fear and they weren't going to be able to come to you know that fear was keeping them away from their maintenance then you know we're not addressing the initial problem that got them there in the first place um and so I started kind of researching into you know hypnotherapy because the clinic that I worked at we have lots of amazing dentists who are very 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 good and very um with anxious patients Um, But we just had a lot of sedation measures, all different types of sedation to just kind of deal with the problem. And, um, and yeah, I kind of thought, yeah, I really wanted to give them a bit more. And I started researching into, you know, hypnotherapy and somehow the stars just aligned up and, you know, I ended up finding this course and just investigated a bit more and, you know, spent about a year getting through it. Um, and yeah, just started in, I was really lucky that the boss who I worked with was extremely supportive and really wanted to embrace it in the practice. And um, yeah, and once we started embracing it, a lot of magical things were starting to happen. And yeah, that's kind of how it all organically just got into play. Had you ever been hypnotized before you did that? Like, have you been a patient for that? So were you introduced kind of that way first? Uh, no, but before, uh, when I did a bit of research, I mean, I, I um, had a meeting with one of the teachers that were there and she was quite happy to, you know, do a session for me in anything that I, you know, w- wanted to because it's more goal-orientated therapy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I did get hypnotised um, basically before I was happy to sign, you know, to do the course. Um, but, you know, I had kind of seen... Uh, other people in other circumstances where you know it had worked really well for them and um, and yeah I just saw this as an opportunity that yeah I could somehow utilize this for 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 patients so I've actually had some patients recently have done hypnotherapy for smoking and had the most amazing outcomes like and they were really really heavy smokers and have gone to nothing and so yeah it's been really interesting um, seeing how yeah it's made for them I've seen that yeah incredible. yeah so yeah this and so I think yeah, when sorry. think of hypnotherapy they think about like watches going back and forth or they think about stage shows you know where uh, you know uh, like a comedy show where they hypnotize and make people walk around like chickens and and so like I think oh, do you know what I mean like it, it can, people don't realize how it can be used in medical ways and and different and different ways that we can really help our patients so could you kind of explain how do you even bring that up with your patient like do you sometimes have patients kind of go 
what? You want to hypnotize? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a treatment choice for them. But obviously, the very first thing before anything can happen is I I have to get rid of those misconceptions. And, you know, I always say in order for you to understand what hypnotherapy is, you need to understand what it is not. It is it's not sleeping. It's not mind control. It's definitely not that comical stage show that we, we, you know, we laid it to, or even in the movies of someone <laughs> manipulating people to go and do nasty things. Yes, it's it's absolutely not that. And you know, that's that's the main area that needs to be broken apart before yeah. anything can happen in regards to getting a patient to yeah. So they really have to understand what it is. I have one cheeky question though. Can you use it on your husband and kids? Yes. <laughs> so I had um I, I work at a few different dental practices and there was one dental practice that while I was starting up my business um you know he he wasn't very interested to kind of incorporate it in his dental clinic but the only time he would he would say can you hypnotize my wife to stop spending all my money? And that's all he would ever say to me. But, um, and, you know, I used to do my head in, but, but in regards to, I mean, I've, I've used some of the techniques. I'd say that I've used them on my husband, but I would say, um, especially on my kids uh, for, you know, sleeping or even if they're in a panic attack, there's some of the, the techniques that, yeah, I will use just to kind of, you know, neutralize them down and, and you know, just kind of give them a different concept of whatever their whatever um, uh, cognition that they're running at the time. And it's, if it's not helpful, then we need to change that. And so, yes, I do, you know, use it on my kids a bit. Um, and and also, I think for my son, it was mainly mainly to get him to sleep at night because just I was training him how to relax, basically. Yeah. And kids, you know, I think that's one thing after being a mother that shocked me that you know babies need to learn how to sleep you know the saying of sleeping like a baby is not true they don't know how to sleep and they wake up constantly and yeah so sleeping is something that yeah have to train people and even adults have problems with sleeping so do do a lot of insomnia as well that's a another category that you know do sleep as well I have terrible insomnia maybe I'll do some zoom sessions with you (laughs) I need to learn to sleep yeah, I don't think um, she sleeps really at all, to I be quite honest. I think a lot of people have this problem. Yeah. So <laughs> for people who are control freaks like me, and I'm someone that doesn't find relaxing, relaxing, like it actually gives me anxiety. So um, it, it, is it harder to hypnotise someone like me who's like wants to be 100% in control all the time? Um, no, it's just a different way to going about it because the actual area that our brain needs to be in for you know hypnosis the the target area that we want I mean if we kind of look at brain waves we've got five main brain waves um we've kind of got beta which is our um highly conscious um state you know when we're very actively or when we're learning something for the first time we're in that stage to really concentrate to do something um and then you've got the alpha stage which drops down a bit uh, and that's kind of where we have our little thoughts of daydreaming or, you know, you know, 
something that we've already learnt but we don't really think about. So if you think about when you learnt to tie your shoes, when you first had to do that, you had to go, you know, loop it around, twist it around, go through the hole, and you had to think about it. But now you don't. Now you can have a conversation with someone and tie those shoelaces and it's your subconscious that's actually doing that for you. Um, and that's kind of in that alpha area. And then the next area under that is your kind of delta, uh, sorry, theatre, delta alpha, alpha theatre. Sorry, theatre is where you kind of have the deep meditation state um, or that light sleep where you have the REM kind of sleep levels. So uh, you only sit in that area for brief moments before you kind of go in and out of alpha and theatre. The hypnotherapy sweet spot is in between those two areas. So you're not quite asleep. If I get you in the state where you're asleep, I've got you too far and I have to kind of bring you back up. And if I can see that you're a bit too much conscious, then I need to kind of get you there. And these kind of areas we do naturally in our day-to-day -day lives. Like if you remember driving to work one day and you get to work and then you sit there and go, I actually don't remember driving to work. That was because you're in that sweet spot. Every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. And we do. We drift in and out of that conscious state every day. It can be whether you're reading a book and you've just lost, you know, any concept of time or in the outside world. You were sitting in that sweet spot. And that's all I'm hitting. I'm trying to get your brain in that state to that sweet spot because that's where we notice that we, we can tap into your subconscious and we can make little adjustments and changes in that area there. And so, so, yeah. so it's not that, you know, I can't, you know. Sorry, I was going to say, so would you do a, a consult with a patient and you do a separate hypnotherapy session and then they come back for a dental or do you kind of combine that in one appointment? Like how, how does the whole, how does um, I'll work? try and combine. Yeah, so usually... I mean, if a patient, if a patient is willing, if the first time I see them and they, you know, and if I've one got the time to do it and they're kind of willing to, you know, start a session, I definitely go through a consult because there's quite a few medical things that I want to go through. Um, also just really ripping out those misconceptions and just making sure that they have an understanding of what it's all about. I'm not, you know, going to be controlling them. They have full control of the situation. It, it's really just me um, tapping into that sweet spot and just helping them open doorways into their mind to kind of get them where they need to go. Um, so I'll tend to do that um, uh, consults in, in the first session and then we will just go and um, do a bit of a hypnotherapy session. So I, And I'll try probably three different um, modalities to see what works for them. And, um, and, you know, usually they'll go, that thing that you talked about then, I didn't resonate it with me at all. Or there might be another thing they're like, I can't remember a thing you said in this section, but I remember this. And then I'll be able to go, okay, so this is the kind of cognition you're running. So I will tailor the next session to, to be with that. Um, I also want to know what they want out of the situation. My therapy is always going to be a goal-orientated one. Um, so what do they want to get as the end result? Where's the goalpost? What are we working towards? Um, and so, you know, that, that'll kind of be the first session and then, you know, maybe in the second session um, I'll be able to tailor it a lot better. 
Um, and then usually after the second session, if they're due for a clean or something like that, we can kind of test, you know, if it has to be with dental fear, which most of my patients are, uh, we'll, we'll test it out by doing a clean afterwards and just seeing, you know, has that, has that worked enough for them or do we need to do more sessions? Most of the time with real dental kind of anxiety and fear, after the first session, I'm cleaning their teeth straight after. It's pretty awesome. That is amazing. So, it's, it's pretty amazing to see that change, yeah. So do you find after you've done a couple of sessions or, or just like you said, you did one and they're, they're able to sit in the chair and get that treatment from you, do you, six months down the road or three, four, however you're seeing your patients, do you have to go through this process again or does it kind of help them for the rest of their appointments? Look, it's really up to them. I have had quite a few patients where I've basically done one session and straight afterwards they're like, I feel so stupid. I can't believe that I used to think that way. I'm, you know, I've just realised that, you know, I'm totally safe here and, you know, I literally have nothing to worry about. And, um, and then, yeah, we've never had to do a session before, but some patients just, they like the feeling of being going into hypnotherapy or that relaxed state. So you know, they, they want to do a session. So I just leave that up to the patients. They make the call whether they want to do more sessions or not. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so you, I know now you've kind of branched out so that you're not just doing dental and you've got a business doing this. So what other kind of things are you using this for now and working with patients for? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, insomnia is probably a big one. Yeah, smoking or any kind of habits, vaping, nail biting, um, any kind of habit that someone thinks they have. Um, weight loss, I get contacted about weight loss a lot. Uh, Show me sport more. therapy, so a lot of <laughs> athletes. <laughs> as soon as she said that, I saw her. Um, <laughs> tell me more, tell me more about weight loss. <laughs> how does hypnotherapy help weight loss? Uh, chronic- I'd like to know. <laughs> like how do you... Like what, what do you do with that? I I have a hypothesis. Can I share it with you? Yeah, sure. Because I'm reading a, I I read a book called, um, I always look at my bookshelf. I forget the, it's the power of habit. That's the the book I read. And now I'm reading Atomic Habits, which is kind of like layering off of the first book I read. And I think it's like, because I was really interested when you were explaining the brain waves with like beta, alpha, theta. And what I learned in the power of habit book is that like, when you create these habits, your brain goes into that alpha state where, like you said, like you drive to work, you don't really know how you got there. You didn't have to concentrate on how to get there. It just happened. Same thing with like, you know, getting up and going to the bathroom and brushing your teeth. You don't think about it because you've done Mm -hmm. it so many times. It just happens. So are you kind of like creating yes. habits, like hypnotizing people to rewire their brain a little bit? Like it, it's very it much re it's very much rewiring. So, okay. um, you know, we, uh, we always say that it's, um, it's harder to untrain yourself in a, in, in a way that you've gone. And if you think about the brain and if, when you learn something, it, it's like a pathway, it's like an electric pathway. And that pathway is very much set. Um, which is fine if that pathway is working for you and not causing any adverse effects. Um, but, you know, if it's not working for you, then with hypnotherapy, I kind of get into that state. And it's more of just kind of 
creating other possible pathways or opening multiple different doors to kind of get to that goal, the, the goalpost that you want. And, you know, it's really me just allowing the brain to rewire itself to, you know, to get to that response. I don't really do much. You know, our brain is amazing in, in the way that it can learn new things. And we're, we're, we're you know, science is kind of showing us a lot more about the brain and how it can adapt and regrow and rewire. And, you know, it's, it's really, yeah, just me kind of, I'm just a person who opens doors and go, hey, how about this way? And, you know, if, if it's going to work, it'll, it'll, it'll work. Otherwise, we'll try something different. And that's why I do kind of like to do a few different, you know, I'll, I'll put out a few different seeds, if you will, and, um, and just see what, you know, which way the brain wants to go. Because ultimately the brain, you, your subconscious is part of your, what they call like the reptilian brain. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of that concept. Yeah. Yes. So it's our deep-seated subconscious where it, it's not really aware of your conscious, but it's, it's there just to protect you. Um, and, you know, if it's part of the flight or, f- uh, flight or fright response. <laughs> Can't say that properly. Um, and if that's severely embedded, then that pathway is very, very strong um, and it's hard to digress from that. But, um, uh, but yeah, so it's basically just kind of opening, bringing the, the conscious reality of it where you might say, like, you know, I know smoking is bad. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know this is bad for my health, but I find I walk outside every day and I put a cigarette in my mouth and then you get depressed about it. But, you know, I just kind of go back to that sweet spot, open up those pathways and, you know, your, your subconscious will always want to do what's best for you. Yeah. I, I love the science behind that. That's really cool. Our brains are so amazing, aren't they? Like just when you think like the way it's working like little computers all the time, processing so much information and and we don't even realise it's all happening, but it is really amazing. But I think it, today definitely like obviously not all of us are going to go out and do a full hypnotherapy course and become hypnotherapists. <laughs> um, but I think it's a really good way, like even not even if you don't have a dental anxiety patient, but that smoking patient or patients having other habitual issues, it's another piece of information that we have in our toolkit to talk mm-hmm. to patients about because, you know, some patients can't even take Champix because it medically doesn't like, you know, they've got other medical reasons why they can't take it or they don't want to take a medication. So here's another, like, you know, we don't have to just talk about a medication to stop smoking or just talk about you, you'll have to go cold turkey and it'll be really hell. Like we've got other things like, and when we talk into patients, we should be talking to them about all the options that are available and my patients that have done hypnotherapy have gone from smoking 60 to 70 cigarettes a day to zero in a really short time, but also reported to me, they're not cranky. They're not having the withdrawal. They're not having the cravings. They're just happy about it. And I'm like, it's just so amazing to see that transformation where, you know, when they're going cold turkey or maybe using some of the other methods, they do talk a lot about the being the withdrawal and the cranky and the irritated and stuff like that. And with the hypnotherapy, they just have reported they haven't really had that. Is that kind of normal for hypnotherapy? Yeah, pretty normal. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I find with a lot of smoking clients where the biggest fear for them is actually failing and quitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they're kind of, maybe they went down the Champex pathway and it didn't work and they're very disappointed and all they go oh you know I only quit for a week it didn't work 
Yeah. And, you know, that it's, uh, you know, willpower is like a muscle. You, you have to work on it. You have to, yeah, and you have to, like, forgive yourself for the failures that you have and see that they're valuable. Like we all make mistakes, but we've got to learn from them. We've got to move on. And sometimes the brain can be stuck in that state of it's too hard to fail. I'm not going there. Yeah. And, um, and yes, yeah, so just really opening up the mind and showing them that, you know, you, you, you've got different avenues and you just got to give yourself time and you've you know, got to invest in yourself um, but yeah, once, once that kind of mindset is changed, it, it can be pretty magical when they wake up from that and just go, Oh, I never thought of it that way. It's you amazing know, how like a growth mindset is so different and so much more beneficial than one of like failure. Like you're either, you have to be perfect or you're nothing. And I feel like our generation was kind of raised that way. Like you can't make mistakes. And I feel like, especially <clears throat> going through dental hygiene school, it's like, we're trained to be perfectionists, like right out the gate. And we, we make these very unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Like, like the first day you open your instrument kit at school and you're like completely overwhelmed and want to throw up. Cause you're like, how am I supposed to know what any of these things do? They look like foreign to me. And then all of a sudden now you're like every couple of weeks getting tested on these things and you're shaking as you pick them mm-hmm. up because we're expected to like do it perfect right off the bat, but we're learning. Like there is no such thing as being perfect at something, even at this stage in the game, like I'm not perfect. My instrumentation is always growing, changing and learning. So it's really interesting to see like the difference when you're able to adopt that growth mindset versus having that like all or nothing kind of mindset or like perfectionist mindset, things just start to organically change for you. And that was something that was, it was like really important when I learned that to try to share that with my students. Like I would say to them all the time, this is called a learning institution, not a knowing institution. Like you're paying to learn from us. You're not supposed to come here knowing already. So like, let's take that off of your plate and let's reframe and let's go. Cause like I would come over and say, Hey, let's do your instrument competency. And they pick up their instruments in their hands are like trembling. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, put it down, take a breath. We're not going to be very good at this if your hand is doing this right now. So let's just relax. I'm here to help you, you know? So it's, it's, I'm glad that I had, was exposed to that so that I can then take that and bring that into to students too. Um, because it's just, I didn't really love, like I loved dental hygiene school because I loved every, like that was where I needed to be. Like that was my calling. So I wasn't a great student before, but when I got there, it was like the light bulb went off. So I really enjoyed learning but there was so much about the culture of dental Mm. hygiene school that wasn't so great. So that when I had the opportunity to go and do that myself, I really wanted to be that change. I didn't want to be the same of what I didn't like. Mm. So it's just interesting when you adopt that, that different mindset. It is a mindset. And I do find with a lot of patients when they have had a big shift in their mindset um, and, you know, on the next time I see them, they'll just go I'll go oh you I always the the main question I'll ask is so you know what have the changes been and some uh, since your last session and they'll just go well funny you should mention it but you know since I stopped doing that I used to never have nails and now I have nails and you know my you know they might say oh my skin and my digestion is so much better and it's like a flow-on effect like they've had this pattern that they've wanted to break for such a long time and not realize how it's impacted every other avenue of their health or their, their body um and yeah and it's all to do with 
yeah, that, that bad mindset that they had been running and just what, having that change, like how that can change so much in the rest of their life. So I think that internal voice can really work for us or against us sometimes and it's getting it to be working for us. I actually saw a funny TikTok this week, so I have to ask you guys about it. They were talking about inner monologue and some some people don't have an inner monologue and I was so shocked. Like mine does not shut up. Oh, my dear. I'm like, shut up. Very chatty. Oh, wow. You're always talking. (laughs) So there's people that don't have an inner monologue. So I'm assuming you have one, Melissa. Oh my gosh, mine doesn't shut up either. Do you yeah, mind probably talking to yours Absolutely. from across the world? Yeah. I found that really weird that some people don't have an inner monologue. Like apparently, it's a small amount more people, and then some. Uh, and then some people don't have one that like talks all the time, <laughs> like mine. <laughs> it's just like so chatty. <laughs> well, what is the statistic? I think we have like sixty to seventy thoughts a day. I just got it. maybe it's even more than that. I think it's, it's more than that. Thousand, way more than that. Yeah, you know? I remember here it's probably sixty thousand or seventy thousand. I just remember the sixty or the seventy when I heard it. Uh, you know, and some of them, it's you. I feel like you have two different parts of your brain. Like there's the positive side that you know, if you get down on yourself, like like what you were sharing before about like when you first got into hygiene or into dentistry, you felt like an imposter or like a fraud. And there's that very strong voice in your brain. That's like, what do you think you're doing here? Like the Mm -hmm. first time I got up and shared my knowledge on implant dentistry, that's all I I was like, what do you think you're doing right now? Are you kidding? You can't do this. What makes you think you can share or your, your knowledge is so special that you have should be sharing this right now. Like that. And it's so hard to, to get over that hurdle and be like, no, shut up, bro. I'm going for it. You know? So like you have this, like, fighting going on inside your head sometimes like how yeah, do, can, can, can hypnotherapy kind of help with that too? yeah can it change that oh. monologue and like help that because I think sometimes you can be quite mean to yourself with that inner monologue like you can kind oh, of absolutely and that's um, really hard yeah yeah so I think particularly in in the hypnotherapy industry I mean I'm also part of the professional hypnotherapy association I'm on the board for that and I get to kind of work with some really, I mean, people who have been doing this for years, this is, and they do it full time. And then COVID hit and, you know, everyone went to Zoom and, you know, doing hypnotherapy via Zoom wasn't something that we particularly liked doing because we've really got to read a patient to make sure they're in that sweet spot. And we look, we look at everything, their fingers, their hair, the colour of their skin, um, how their chest is rising and falling, like, you know, and we just kind of would put, oh, no, couldn't do that on, on video. Of course, COVID hit and that was our only option and we had to adapt to that. So, you know, we all had to have a mindset on how are we going to make this work? Um, and in doing that, like, the there was a massive call during COVID because the big thing, anxiety. Yeah. You know, the whole world had this thing where we didn't know what it was, what it was going to do to us, you know, are we going to have our jobs, how is it going to affect our families, and the rate of anxiety was through the roof. So, you know, we were just getting contact, and that was the main thing that we were were, were um, uh, treating, particularly um, uh, via Zoom. We just got an influx of patients for, for that. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it was, it was really 
when it comes to anxiety, it is kind of analysing the mindset that's being at play and looking at ways to make it work for you. Um, you know, we, we, don't ha- we didn't have the answers. We couldn't tell them, oh, you know, you need to relax because in a few years' time this COVID thing will go away. No, 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 that's not how we work. But it's, it's about empowering what you're utilising what your brain already has and, and bringing them to the forefront so you can really, you know, focus on them and let them work for you. Yeah. No, I think... Um... There's lots of different ways that we probably, you know, the standard person out in the world like Melissa and I don't even think about how this can just change little things that seem little but actually are really impacting your life, like you said, so much more than you realise. Sometimes what those flow-on effects are and how, yeah, changing that mindset and and getting that help can just make such a huge difference. What do you, what, have you got a favourite case? that you've treated that like stands out is you that kind of like joy the biggest joy was probably my first um I think I think there was one dentist who I I, I had the feeling that he was very much like oh yes this hypnotherapy thing I'm gonna make you squirm I've got a patient that you know he's never been able to make sit in the dental chair he's had the biggest fear that he's ever ever had and basically it's like yeah very good luck with that type thing so I had this unbelievable pressure of oh my goodness how am I going to do this and and she literally stood next to the chair and she's like she was covered in sweat and she's just like you're, you're not going to be able to make me sit in this chair and you know we just kind of had a bit of a conversation and I just kind of said look you know I do do hypnotherapy and she and I, I her background she's like my daughter's had hypnotherapy so she already kind of understood the misconceptions we could eliminate that one very quickly and um and she was just very willing like yeah let's just do a bit of a session here and um anyhow we we did the session and it was it was literally when she came to she was just like I I loved it but her first words were you know I feel stupid and I'm like oh that's that's not no I'm sorry I didn't mean to make you feel but and she's like no I just feel stupid that I ever felt that way you know um we we kind of did a process where we um sort what's called sorting for the differences so her fear was based on um a bad experience when she was a child which so many people have you know that bad dental experience and it's just carried on into their adulthood so you know we kind of went back we do what's called a regression um to that scenario and we kind of sorted out what's you know different to that particular time in comparison to what it is now and you know and just um utilizing to her that you know she was safe it's completely different um she knows that she's been you know kind of interacting with us so she knew what we were like and that dentistry is completely different to when she was a little girl so we tacked all of that and when she came to she's just like I feel stupid like I know that you're not going to hurt me and and yeah so we did a clean then and there and um and then, yeah, I think the dentist kind of walked in into going, like, how did you go? And I just said, how did you go? And she turned around and just went, well, it was amazing and la, la, la. And I think he was a bit, oh, didn't expect that was going to happen. So, yeah, that was kind of my, like, yes moment. Because <laughs> um, I, I did. I had a lot of pressure on me. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like he was trying to trip me over or, or, or really make a mockery of me and, yeah, so it's just kind of like a little bit, but 
Was he like your biggest supporter after that? Like, did he really like? Yes. Totally yeah. It? He, yeah. He was. He was really like, oh my goodness, this this is something that we have a lot of patients where this could really benefit them. So yeah. Um, and then you know, from then I, in, in that particular practice, I have a lot of dentists there that yeah, from day dot, they've just been. You know, I think they've kind of like had to go, so what do you do? How am I referring patients to you? How is this going to work? But, yeah, they've all been extremely supportive. And, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been great in that kind of environment to really, you know, progress that in our practice. So. And what has been one of your hardest ones? Mm, I had, uh, I, was, I think there was a bit of a language barrier. Um, in this patient so I think he was I'm gonna say maybe Polish sorry I'm not good with accents Um, and it was for he he was a a gagger a really bad gagger Um, and so and yeah I think it was hard to really just knock off the misconceptions to begin with and I just don't think he really understood it and I, I think he was very much in the mind of all right you just tell me what to do and make it happen it's just not how hypnotherapy works. You know, I'm not going to do anything. It's 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 you and, and your brain that's going to make the connections. Um, so, you know, just when you just kind of had that barrier and then, yeah, you know, kind of came to and he, he wasn't sure and I just left it in his field. I said, look, if, if you feel like, you know, you want to do another session and work on this, but, you know, I think you just might want to do a bit more research into it because, you know, I there's I, I'm not the person who's going to do the magic for you it's 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 you that it yeah. needs to do it so it's like yeah instructions it's yeah, exactly you've got to be responsible for some of it and I it's like uh, anything in life you can't palm it off and that's something that you personally need to do as well and then expect the world to happen like you've got to be part of the process of everything that you want to that you want yeah. to be part of you. Absolutely. And I think as as us as um you know hygienists or therapists, like we're we're changing people's um understanding of what's going on. Like we're we're very much educating people and you know opening their mind as to what's going on and how it's related to our body and um you know and that we're just not there just to clean your teeth. Yeah. Um you know we're, we're, there was, we're yeah. so much more and um, and so you know we we do this every day. You know, we we talk to many different patients. We got to read the patients because you know they're all very different, and we got to figure out really quickly like how are we going to dispel this information that I know this patient is going to lap up and actually take on board. So you know, in a way, you know, throughout our years, we're we're kind of masters in you know changing people's mindsets from from the industry that we we do on a day to day basis. Yeah, you're 100 right. And so, where do you see you going with the hypnotherapy? Like, you know, obviously you're sitting on a board now, and you're more involved. So, um, is it going? Do you think your life will become more hypnotherapy than dental, or it'll be half half? Or like, what do you see in your future? Oh, look, I think particularly um, you had a few. I've actually got inspired by a few of your. Um, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, people who you've interviewed. Um, and I, I look, I kind of feel like dentistry, I mean, I think I had a lot of dentists who were kind of concerned when I was doing it. They're like, oh, are you having a midlife crisis? Are you trying to just get rid of dentistry and move into this? <laughs> and, and I, you know, at the time I was like, I just, I don't know, I'm kind of a feeler. I just go, I don't know, I feel this is right. And this, I just feel like this is something that 
I can use. Yeah. But no, I love dentistry and I I want to uh, increase my scope a fair bit this year and um, uh, I, I would like in the next three years to kind of start a little bit of a mobile clinic um, yeah. myself to be able to get into the community a bit more and... Um, uh, Look, I think I'll always try and do my dental kind of hypnotherapy stuff in a dental clinic and then all of anything else, uh, unless it's a real dental fear where they literally cannot come into a dental clinic, then that's what that private clinic is for. Um, but, no, I still feel that I'm very dental orientated and, you know, I just, yeah, I, I will always want to progress a bit more in, in the field of dentistry. But I just feel that. Hypnotherapy has just been a wonderful tool. It's an option that I've been able to give patients. Um, it's just something that I can drop in the conversation. If, and if it fits in the dental clinic, we can do it there. You know, if not, I can give them my card and can do, you know, it's just another way to kind of help in health for that patient. Yeah. Um, and it's really the balls in their court if, if it is an option they would like to pursue. Yeah, it's amazing. Because it's yeah. not like, you know, modern, modern medicine, excuse me, modern <laughs> medicine wants to just throw pills at everything, right? We don't want to yeah. go to the root yeah. cause. We just want to, I can't speak today. Hello. Um, <laughs> so they, we don't want to treat the root cause of the issue. We just want to throw pills at it and oh, here, take this. And then we, we don't think about the reaction and the like all the chains that get set off when we throw pills yeah. at things. So this is such a non-invasive way to find the root cause of something and actually make a positive change and then have a positive impact on other areas of your life. Like you said, so yeah. I love this. I think this is so aligned with just like the mindset of healthcare and being, you know, thinking of things in a more like homeopathic kind of state or like, you know, treating the human being and not just one segment of the person who's sitting in front of you and like really thinking more comprehensively about their body and their wellness and their health and not just their teeth and calculus and stain. So I think it's incredible. Um, I have a question for you. Can we yeah. hypnotize all of the dentists who don't want to invest in their hygienists <laughs> with instruments or time or any of that stuff? Do you think we could do like a mass <laughs> hypnosis for them? Look, I think, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I kind of feel throughout my career, particularly when, you know, I, I was my harshest critic, you know, I've always doubted myself a lot and I've, you know, always um, didn't speak up, you know, I had to prove to myself first before I had the guts to kind of really go for it. I, I've done that enough over time and I've grown very confident in what I'm capable of and whatnot. So I feel that the investment needs to start with us Yes. as the individual first, you really need to know your worth. You really need to know um, what you're capable of and, you know, where, which direction you want to go. And if you can portray that to your, you know, colleagues that you're working with and, you know, it, it will organically flow. That's, that's my belief anyways. Um, I love that. It doesn't mean like, I mean, I've had to spend a lot of time like really firmly fighting, you know, to, to show prove to people and I'm constantly proving you know that hey you know this is something that I'm you know very very skilled in doing and handling and and you know I think some dentists particularly will just be like oh you know but I'm not really sure that's supposed to be you know my kind of field or 
you know, it takes time for them to, to, to really get to know you. So, but I, I feel that, you know, it kind of starts with us first mm-hmm. um, and okay. then, and, you know, uh, just really believing in ourselves and, sh- and improving it to people that, that we can. And then I think it, it will grow on from there. Um, but yeah, as for kind of just really hypnotizing a lot of dentists, um, I don't know, I'll work on it and uh, maybe, maybe next episode I can magically do something. I know the plan. We actually tell them it's a webinar on how to pay your hygienist less. They'll all turn up. We'll have like, we'll break Zoom. There'll be so many of them turning up. <laughs> For, for those of you that support us and are amazing dentists, we love you. We're just kidding. This is not for you. <laughs> I just know how to get some of them here. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, we're also kind of in the time of, you know, again, because of COVID, like we're just you know, so short on staff. And I, I really yes. think it's the time that we really need to look at ourselves and just go, hang on a minute, like be really proud of what you are and, and, and show the world, like, that, you know, if, if you feel that you've been put in a corner and you're not allowed to branch out, just show them that you don't want to stay in that corner. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, sh- yeah, there, we are in such demand. And, you know, it's not about, like, oh, I can get more money right now because there's l- less of me and, and so many people need my services. But, it you know, it's about money's not everything like yes it's it's important to be compensated for your and know your worth and and such like I agree a hundred percent but there's something to be said about like the work environment and your colleagues and and just you know the feel the day-to-day like are you guys all working together or are you like just doing your thing when nobody's there to help you because you're the hygienist and you know there's like so many different culture things that go on in different practices so it's, it's the whole package that's important. You know, is there room for you to grow? Is there room for you to take courses? Are they open to allowing you to introduce things like hypnotherapy into the practice and see how that affects the practice and helps the practice grow and, and become not just even profitable, but like add value to what the office is doing where patients are so impressed and so happy with that result that they're willing to share with their friends and family. And then you get a return on investment that way with referrals. So it's such, it it could be such an organic, beautiful process. If, if the mind is open to a different way of thinking. And I feel like we have a shift happening in dentistry because like there's a change in culture. There's, you know, like the boomer generation is really starting to kind of fizzle out and retire out of dentistry. And their mindset was just very different because their training Mm. and the way dentistry was, was very different. And yes, they've evolved a lot, but it's like, there's a bigger shift coming. And I feel like a vibration in our our industry, like there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pike and I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel that too. I feel that there's, yeah, lots of opportunity for our industry and and I feel yeah and I I think a lot of people have kind of really invested in themselves and you know kind of shouting you know hey look at me and it's great I love it I love it um uh and the whole culture change uh, change within an establishment I believe it starts with the individual you make that change for the culture and people will follow and if you think something is unacceptable like say that you think it's unacceptable prove the point and you know don't just be silent about it um 
you know, typical thing where the front of house just kind of puts their wall and the back of house is, you know, if it's two kind of dynamics and they're not communicating with each other and if that's not working, then, yeah, you can, you know, say something to, to, to change that. And it is in a time where if people, if, if these uh, clinics aren't willing to change, it's a sink or swim scenario. And if, if we're not adaptable for these times, then, yeah, the practices just won't last. So, yeah, that. I agree. COVID has definitely shown us that for sure. Yeah. And I, like we've discussed it lots of times. I think there's positives that have that come out of like, you know, don't get me wrong, I have not enjoyed like <laughs> 0.5% <laughs> COVID. <laughs> it's not been fun. But I also think there's some really big positives that are going to come out of it. And I think work balance wow. is one of them. And I think that it has made a lot of people stand up and say, that's not what I actually want. I want this and really reevaluate what they want or how they want to work or how they want the business to run, um, you know, what's important and what they want. And I think that's just lots of people have had their aha moments during COVID. And so yeah. we can't underestimate how important that has been to all of us to kind of go, actually, do I really want this? Or this is what I really want. And now I'm going to go get it because I want to, you know, it's so important that we are happy and enjoy what we're doing you know you want to go to work each day and love it absolutely yeah, yeah. so important yeah. But, or, yeah or even or even those days where you don't love it you know that it's just a day where you don't yeah. love it and you know that there's day most of the days where you're kind of proud of your job and you're happy with your job and you know it's just a bum day and that happens yeah. they happen absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and you can get over that bum day so yeah, and sometimes it's not even work. It's because, you know, your kids wouldn't get ready and everything went wrong before you left the house and it's you walking in having the bum day and it's not even the workplace. It's actually you bringing it in. So, yeah. like, yeah. you know, we all have those days where everything just falls apart. We're having it this week with school going back and my son being super tired and, you know, like by the end of the weekend, it was like, why did I have kids? <laughs> Well, I said when I first joined uh, the our little session here, I was like, my son uh, did not get out of bed on time today. Sorry, guys. I'm all late. Yeah. Good you know? choice. So, yeah. We digress again, though. Man. Okay, yeah, once again. I mean, it wouldn't be the Disrupting Dentistry podcast if we didn't. We probably should have named it Digress Podcast. The, digress, <laughs> the, the, the Digressing Dentistry Podcast. <laughs> That's a lot of D. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with multiple digressions there we go thank you so much for joining us tonight i think it's a really good way for people to hear something that maybe they were thinking of swinging watches or you know comedy shows and and to really understand that 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 is not it you know that's television and entertainment and there's a medical side to hypnotherapy and even if you don't understand it at its full level to be able to just have it in their toolbox of things that they can suggest to their patients so that they can find out more information. It can really change someone's life. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. look, somebody... look... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, look, look, I thank you guys so much for, for, for letting me uh, come on like my favorite podcast. <laughs> and I want to chat with you two girls, especially on your birthday, Melissa, happy birthday. Um, yeah. What you, I, I lo- love what you ladies are doing. I know it's so much hard work, but you have done a lot for the industry and yeah. Yeah. Thank you girls so much. 
Um, well, thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. If somebody um, after listening to this episode was inspired by you and they want to start taking the first steps to maybe learn how to become a hypnotherapist or integrate this somehow into their practice, can they get in touch with you or use you as a yeah. resource? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I've provided, I think I've got like a website or I've got two Instagram pages as well. You can always message me. Um, and yeah, I would always, you know, I might be a little bit slow some days because, you know, working in clinic, but yeah, I will absolutely get back to anybody with any questions that you might have. Yeah, awesome. happy to can, help. You share, can you share your Instagram handles on here so they know who to look for? Or we'll put it in our social media too, but just so if okay. somebody's listening, they can look you up. Like right now? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Just say them and then they can hear it, but we'll also tag you in it. Oh, okay. So I think, let's go check. I think it's, uh, there's Shavea, um, dash, uh, OHT, uh, Shavea Hygiene OHT is one. And then there's Open Mind uh, underscore uh, hypnotherapy. Awesome. And we'll tag you in some posts as, as well so people can find it on the, oh, the thank page. You, girl. And in the notes, I'll add the website and other stuff as well so people can have it. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, Easy, thank babe. you for disrupting dentistry. It's absolutely oh. amazing what you're doing. So thank you so much for being such a positive influence on our profession. Well, thank you, girl. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Hey, Melissa. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm getting old. <laughs> 21 again. Yeah, times. I'm not even going to say what we're multiplying that by. <laughs> well, thank you. You both were a pleasure to celebrate my birthday with early in the morning. Oh, thank so thank you both so much. Thank you. you make so, sure you enjoy your day. Thank yeah. you. So um, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, if you have a moment, please share this episode on your social medias. Shoot us a um quick review. Tell us how much you enjoyed it. Make sure that you're subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and until next time, keep on disrupting. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you again so much for tuning into the disrupting dentistry podcast. We love to hear from you viewers and we love that you join us for our episodes. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And leave us a review. We love reading reviews from all over the world. It's one of the things that actually makes all the hard work feel really worth it when we get to see which episodes you're enjoying or some feedback that you give. So leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or write something on our Facebook or our Instagram page. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening. Keep on disrupting.